Hey, Cam. Yes, Alex. So you, when you went down to spring training, um, did you get to see anything in the way of, of like drills and stuff that they were running or was it pretty much just the game? Um, it, it was pretty much just the game. They, they really didn't have the backfields open to the public this year. Um, and then so other than typical pregame warm-up type stuff, you know, batting practice, fielding drills, things like that, really didn't get to see any of the actual quote-unquote training. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, I was looking into it some. Of course, everybody's like knows Ron Washington's fielding drills. He's he's famous for that at this point. But uh, but Eric Young actually had him doing uh, some running drills and they would always do the drills between second and third base rather than uh, rather than from first to second. You know why? Uh, no, tell me. Take some longer. There's a short stop in the middle. Oh, I hope this is a short episode. Dansby throws to first base. Is this happening? It is! The Atlanta Braves are world champions! Welcome to the Chatting Average Podcast, presented by Sports Drink. Here are your hosts, Cam Matthews and Alex Butler. Now you're all in big, big trouble. Welcome to your friendly neighborhood Atlanta Braves podcast. Welcome to Chatting Average. I'm your host, Alex, joined as always by Mr. Cam Matthews. Cam, how you doing today? What? Shake it, Megan. Oh, not too much. Not too much. Been a fun week of baseball, and we've got a lot to talk about. But before we get into that, we got to tell you about a couple of people that are helping to bring this show to you. First of all, Athletic Greens. Look, tons of people take a daily multivitamin, and it is important for you to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. I don't know what an adaptogen is, but Cam talks about it every week, so it's got to be a big deal. This special blend of ingredients helps to support gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, aging. What else do you want from it? It's lifestyle friendly, adapting to a wide range of diets, contains less than a gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals, no artificial, nothing. Costs less than three bucks a day. Reclaim your health, arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition. It is one scoop in a cup of water every single day. That is it. No need for a ton of different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate in daily nutritional insurance. Guys, as you know, we are also brought to you by ColorCast. If, you, uh, if you've if you listened to this show this season at all, you know we are live on ColorCast every Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. It is a live, audio-only sports talk platform that is absolutely free to download and use. You can talk to me, Cam, other fans, athletes, insiders, all in real time. Just go and download the ColorCast app on the iOS App Store, create a profile, link your Twitter, Follow me at Riley's Rakes to be notified when my room goes live. Again, that is Wednesday nights at 8.30 p.m. And make sure to bring with you your spiciest takes. Well, Cam, 
We're going to need some spicy takes this week. We got a lot of baseball to run down, but uh, before we get into all that, how's your week been going? Uh, it's been busy. <laughs> <laughs> I, you're it, you're s- starting to send us pictures to the uh, to the group chat on a nearly daily basis of uh, of updates on your house. So uh, how's it all going with that? Uh, we're very close. We are very so very close. close. So close. So close. Uh, I planted grass seed. This weekend. Ooh, fun. That, that's that's great. Yeah, felt like uh felt like the uh the field crew out there yesterday morning out there spreading some grass seed, throwing the sprinklers on it and whatnot. Yes. So uh, I've got some good old Kentucky 31 out there on the on the ground right now. Some Love high it. Are fescue. You, yeah. Are you gonna mow diamonds into it? I uh, thought about it. Thought you about should. it. What uh what not kind of baseball fan would I be if I didn't? <laughs> not that I'm aware of how to do that but i I know it's a thing you can do oh yeah yeah it's definitely a thing you can do it has been done before (laughs) i just try to keep whatever lines i'm mowing into my yard straight and if they're if they're kind of straight i feel like i've won hey that's that's half the battle you know um i find that especially like you know when you go play golf you get a good little buzz going you actually play a little bit better because you're kind of loose you know yeah cutting grass is kind of the same way I feel like you cut. I feel like you cut grass better if you got a decent little buzz going. Like you know, you put yeah, a couple, and- you put a couple down before you go out there and hop on the mower. Man, life is great, tremendous. And like one of my goals is to eventually own enough land that I can justify having a riding mower. Oh, it's best. That that's that's you know that's when I'll feel like I've made it. I gotta tell you. Cutting grass is legitimately one of my favorite things. Like, I love doing it so much. It, it's the perfect little hour and a half, two hours of my week that I get to put my headphones in, zone out for a little bit, and just make something look better. It is yeah. satisfying. We're, we're on a pretty little plot of land, so it's uh, it, it's about a 20-minute thing for me. Um, right. I, I I would have if you'd asked me five years ago when I owned my my first house um, what kind of mower I would have if you'd told me it was going to be electric uh, I I probably would have slapped you in the face but with, <laughs> with this small of a yard like it's perfectly fine right right like when I can mow the yard four or five times without even having to charge the battery uh, oh that's pretty good that's really all I need yeah yeah that's pretty good I don't. I haven't ever used a, an electric mower. Um, you know, the few people that I know that have had one, which I, I, you know, I don't know what brand they have or anything. They, they've said that, you know, you might get one good mow out of it. So that's, that's pretty cool that you can get four or five out of, well, out of yeah, one charge. I mean, it's, again, it's a pretty small yard and we have decent portions of it mulched for, uh, for, for flowers and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, it's did it today. Took maybe, maybe 15 minutes. Not much. Nice, nice. So, uh, welcome to the Cutting Average podcast, where we yeah. talk about cutting grass and <laughs> go to at average chatting on Twitter and let us know what your favorite type of lawnmower is. <laughs> Speaking of a uh, lawnmower, Spencer Strider just came down and mowed down the San Diego offense on. Woo! One- Love it. Yes, for the first time this season, we are uh, attempting to record a game or record a podcast while also watching a live Braves game. As we're recording this, it is Sunday evening at 8.50, and I believe we are in, what, the fifth inning of the yes. uh, of the Brave Padres game? 
It is 8.50 p.m. Do you know where your children are? (laughs) I'm Michael Judson Barry. And I'm Paris Nicholson. And we're both influencers. We're also your amazing hosts of The Social Dose, a fabulous new podcast where we serve your weekly dose of social's most important stories. It's like the yassification of news brought to you by us, Paris and Michael. Join us and special correspondents three times a week, every week. So listen to The Social Dose from Something Else and Sony Music Entertainment. Listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> that is a horrible reference. Um, yeah, Spencer Strider just came in through one pitch, got out of the inning. Say, Alex, how can our fans show their admiration for one young Spencer Strider? Well, if you go to teespring.com slash store slash chatting average podcast, you can get some great new designs that Cam made this season. Got got a new Austin Riley Fear the Rear shirt. Got a got a an AA We Trust shirt. Got a Spencer Strider. Got a Respect Your Elder. And by the way, through the end of the month, take ten percent off of your entire order with promo code Repeat. Yeah, yeah. Go go on over there and uh and but get for yourself real, guys, some... Cam has absolutely outdone himself this <laughs> year with the design. So if you haven't been to the uh the shop in a while, check that out. But yeah, oh, had, boy. had a uh had a, a pretty fun week of baseball. Uh Cam, I talked about this briefly uh with Doc because for some reason our uh our our service here didn't want to let you record with us for a segment of time there. It was a uh, it, it, it was the Pope joke. I'm I'm convinced it was it. absolutely the Pope joke. The, the um, moment I made that joke last week, Ringer was like, "Nope, get him out. He's done. <laughs> Cut him off." Well, Cam, are you familiar with the name Roki Sasaki? Uh, cannot say that I am. Well, you absolutely should be because this guy is a uh, a 20 year old Japanese pitcher who is doing things that 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 we haven't really seen in baseball at at any level um he threw uh he threw a perfect game with 14 strikeouts on 102 pitches uh and then followed it up with eight perfect innings before getting pulled so <coughs> this guy threw 17 straight perfect innings and by the way, his fastball touches like 101, 102. Hey, hey. I know I, you're, I'm, I know, I'm I know telling you're listening. you, whenever this guy posts, like the amount of money that's going to be thrown at him is insane. That's Again, wild. He's, he's and 20 only 20 years, years old. old. He has made four starts this season. He's got a 1.16 ERA with 56 strikeouts in four starts. Oh my God. <laughs> That is that is bananas. Like I, I I get that that Nippon professional baseball is not major league baseball. I get that, but like Shohei Otani played in that same league, and he was not doing what this twenty year old kid is doing. Man, it just goes to show how how absolutely global of a sport baseball is. It is, you know what I mean? it is, and it, it feels like it's getting more so. Um, I mean, we, we've, <clears throat> I feel like in the late 90s, early 2000s, we were getting a, a huge influx of players from Central and South America, and, and now in the 2000s and 2010s, we're really starting to ramp up with an influx of players from Asia. 
Uh, and it's it's really cool to see how baseball's taking off in other parts of the world. Um, and we're even to the point where we're starting to see a lot of those those broadcasts on American television, which is really fun. Yeah, it it, it really is. And, you know, it's I'm glad you brought up the thing about seeing players come in from Asia. I I really think that that's just going to continue to pile on in the next few years. And it's going to be really cool to start. Uh, speaking along those same lines, did you happen to see Ichiro's first pitch that he threw out the other day? I did. I did. <laughs> first of all, first of all, Ichiro is an absolute dude that came out in full gear, full gear for a first pitch. Still came in out, tremendous shape. Came out like he was getting the start in right field that night to throw the first pitch. It was a thing of beauty. And apparently he threw, he, he threw a strike and it was like 86, 87 miles an hour. So he was putting something on it. It's ridiculous. ridiculous. I love it. What a, what an, what an enigma that guy is. He's like such a likable guy. Well, so, so likable, but then like when you really look into his numbers, especially looking back into his career in Japan, Oh, Matty daddy. What? Foul ball. You must, you must be oh. an at bat ahead of me or behind me. Yeah, foul ball. Okay, never mind. Okay. Anyway, um, when you look <laughs> at his stats, anywho, Maddie Daddy T-shirt. Get it at teespring.com slash chatting average podcast. Woo! Um, that's probably that is not the correct URL that I just gave you. Uh when you look at his stats in Japan, especially, you know, he's the all-time hits leader in Japan, and then he comes to America and has three over three thousand hits. Here, it's that's it, that's just nuts. It's insane. It's nuts. Yeah, he he's he's holds the record in Japan and is probably what top twenty five all time in the world's oldest baseball league. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Absolutely, it, my it's, god, it's it, it's phenomenal. Love um, these Yeah, and and somehow still underrated. I feel like grossly. And, and I, I think that's a product of him having played in Seattle, you know, that like, yeah, it, and he didn't have the, the flair of a Ken Griffey Jr. So I, I don't think he was ever going to, 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 to make it to that kind of mythical status, but he's absolutely deserving of it. Oh, absolutely. And, and yeah, I, I think the Seattle thing definitely has something to do with it because he played there in kind of the downswing of of the Mariners, although he he was there for their really really good 2001 season that ended up becoming a wet fart in the postseason. But I digress. <laughs> well, speaking of wet farts in the postseason, let's what? Talk about, let's Hang on, talk, what? Let's, let's talk about Clayton Kershaw for a minute. Okay, okay. What kind of segue was that? <laughs> Lord, I got a segue for everything, Cam. Jesus, does it, you're too worried about if you could to decide if you should. <laughs> So anyway, Clayton Kershaw makes his season debut for the Dodgers in a game uh, at Target Field in Minnesota against the Twins. Clayton Kershaw gets through seven perfect innings, perfect innings on, I want to say like 70 or 75 pitches. It was an extraordinarily low pitch count uh, for having been through the seventh inning. And then Dave Roberts comes in and pulls him. Yeah. So 
Look, look, I get the argument. There's an argument to be made that it was the right move and I get it. And I don't, I, I don't necessarily even disagree with the argument, but as a baseball fan, I feel that I am well within my rights to demand an opportunity to see a perfect game completed. This is something I've, especially I, for a guy like Kershaw. I, I mean, have, it, I have seen more teams win a World Series in my lifetime than I have seen, or, or than than anyone ever has seen perfect games. There's been like 25 perfect games ever, something like that. And I don't know if this is true or not, but I had seen word that apparently he was already talking um talking to the staff before the seventh inning that he was you know he was starting to feel like his tank was running low and you know maybe he thought this was going to be his last inning and what have you and so if that's the case if he was if he was already hinting that hey I might have one more in me you know let's go ahead and get the bullpen warmed up sure fine whatever you know every pitcher has the right to be honest with their coaching staff yeah. Um, because you know the, the game rides on their actions out on the, out there on the mound. If that's not true, I <sighs> look there. There are I, there are multiple great arguments to be made for for you know the him, him being pulled being the right move. But again, as a baseball fan, it is such a rare opportunity to get to see somebody accomplish this that. I'm going to be upset if I, if that opportunity is taken from me, regardless of the circumstances. It's been since 2011 and Felix Hernandez since a uh, since a perfect game was completed. I want one. It's been 11 years. Yeah, yeah. I like it. it if, if do it, you know what it takes to get me to not want to see the Dodgers lose? Do you understand what a seismic event it has to be for for me to not want the Dodgers to lose? And they had a pretty commanding lead at that point, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. I want to say they were up five or six runs, if not more. Uh, Right, right. So I I think, you know, I, I wish I knew for sure whether or not Kershaw had, you know, told Dave that, you know, he was done or what have you, but the optics of it, especially at the time, just don't look great. You know, it's early in the season. The, oh, the but, stat, oh, but what about injury? What about that since the last perfect game, since 2011, when Felix Hernandez threw a perfecto, there, there have only been two times where a pitcher has gotten through seven perfect innings and got pulled. Of course, Clayton Kershaw the other day, which we were just oh, talking yeah. about, and Rich Hill back in, I think it was 2015. That oh, was when Dick Rich Hill Mountain. was playing for the Dodgers. And Dave Roberts was the manager for the Dodgers. So Dave Roberts is the only one that has ever done this to us. And he's done it twice now. Dave Roberts hates cool things. Dave on. Roberts should be tried for crimes against humanity. <laughs> Dave Roberts hates cool things. Pass it on. I, I, I mean, everyone knows at this point. Everybody knows. People are saying. People, many, many fine people are saying that they. Uh, many people are saying it. 
<laughs> the streets are talking. The streets are talking. It's also been a tough week for injuries. Saw saw Mike Trout go down after being hit in the hand with a pitch. Uh, X-rays Yun, are negative. X-rays are negative, so that's a positive. Got uh, Hyunjin Ryu, the pitcher for the Blue Jays, uh, on the IL with a forearm issue, which is always scary to hear for a pitcher. Twins lose their pitcher, Sonny Gray, to the 10-day IL. Um, it, it's 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 just been tough. Uh, Tigers placed Javi Baez on the IL. Uh, Byron Buxton hurt his knee. He's out at least a week. Oh, I missed the Javi Baez news. Yep, yep. Yikes. Uh, Yikes. And they're also a pretty good start, too. They <laughs> are, yeah. Spencer Torkelson, uh, which is a name I don't think we've mentioned on this show before. but um, Never forget a name like Torkelson. This guy's going to be good. He He's yeah. their new first baseman, top prospect that was just called up to start the season this year. And I, I think he's got the, like, he's in the top three of lowest swing and miss rate in baseball right now. Oh, it's insane. It's crazy. How many pitches did he see without a swing and a miss, like through this this first? I, I think I, I think you're thinking of uh, of Quan from the Guardian. Yes, yes, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, he had yes. seen something like 120 pitches before he swung and missed once this year. B- bananas, baseball great, insane. And he did, he had never had a major league at bat before this season. And Stephen Quan comes in and goes like 120 something pitches without swinging and missing at the ball. Stephen Kwan is not interested in your pitching, human. How? It's awesome. It's so great. I just, I gotta say, I am so excited, just in general, about this season so far. Because there have been so many new names across the league that have been great. Let, let Let me talk to you about one Bobby Witt. Woo, boy, I love me some Bobby Witt Jr. Bobby Witt Jr., is that guy? He really he's is. Oh he's so God. good. Uh, he he Hunter led Green. down a triple the other day. That yeah. that I don't think any other player in Major League Baseball would have stretched beyond a double. Uh by the time that ball hit its second bounce in right field, he was already halfway to second. Yeah, it's crazy. This unreal speed. Um, Hunter Green for the Reds. Is we that got a, we got a firsthand look at him uh, an opening week? That was a that was a tough one, and he kept on it. He he, he like I I forget if they won the game or not, but he looked fantastic against the Dodgers. They the Dodgers did win that game, but what was it? He had thirty one pitches in that outing at a hundred miles an hour. Hunter Green making his second career start again, second career start set the all-time record for most 100-plus mile-an-hour pitches thrown in a single game. All-time. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It, I tell you, it is, you know, Baseball a couple is see- really fun right now. Yeah, baseball is really fun right now. And, and it's funny that a couple of years ago, especially when the when the Blue Jays, you know, kind of had their first big resurgence with all the young talent, you know, everybody was like, okay, here's here's the, here's this wave of young talent. This is really cool. But then you get into this season, and there's like another wave coming in across teams that aren't necessarily even contenders, but have some really good talent mixed in there. It's awesome. It's really cool. And the baseball card companies told me that this year was going to be a bad year for rookies. 
<laughs> they're like, oh, it's Wonder Franco. Rolling, There's boys. nobody else. Yeah. <laughs> keep the printers moving. Uh, well, Cam, let's keep the show moving. What do you say we get into some This Week in Baseball history? Let's do it. All right. We are going to jump into This Week in Baseball History. As always, you can find these facts at nationalpastime.com. And the week we're going to be looking at is April 18th through the 24th. Our first fact comes to us from April 18th, 1947. Dodger President Branch Rickey names 62-year-old Burt Schotten a team scout to replace Leo DeRocha, who was suspended 10 days ago by Commissioner Happy Chandler for acts, quote, unbecoming of a major league manager. Brooklyn's new skipper, the son of a sailor who operated freighters on Lake Erie, reluctantly takes over the team two games into the season and will manage the club for one year in his street clothes, along with wearing the team's hat and jacket. Which, you can see all of that play out in the movie 42, if you've ever seen that. Did What did, what did the manager do to get... What was the conduct un, unbecoming of a manager? Uh, he was having extramarital relations. Someone in baseball wasn't entirely faithful? Stop the presses! He was having the sex. <laughs> what? I don't know. I just... <laughs> Look, it's... It, it's getting late on a Sunday. I've had a long weekend. I'm really tired. I've, ne- I've never heard anyone say it quite like that. It, this, this, this is what you get. <laughs> This is what you get at this point. But I figured since this is uh, like Jackie Robinson weekend, basically, um, I thought that'd be a neat fact to bring up. So, And and the whole fun story behind uh, Burt Schotten wearing street clothes, basically, in the dugout for that season is that he promised his wife he would never put on the uniform again. <laughs> so he, uh, he didn't exactly break You know, promise. sometimes when you find yourself in a jam, you just got to figure out a workaround. And uh, it seems like he did that quite well. Yeah, he did. He did. All right. Our next fact comes to us from April 20th, 1997. In the second game of a doubleheader, the Cubs stopped their season opening losing skid at 14 games, beating the Mets 4-3. to three. By dropping the opener, Chicago set a National League record 0-14 for the most consecutive losses to start a season and has the second-worst mark behind the Orioles, the losers of 21 decisions before winning a game in 1988. What do you think Braves fans would do if the team lost 14 straight to begin the season? Well, was it, what was it, 17... 2016, 2017, one of those years, we lost like nine in a row after the first couple of games. Yes. And it was yeah. That was awful. <laughs> what was it, nine or ten in a row? That was absolutely brutal. But you talk about like at that point, you're 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 in we know what we're doing. pushing May before your team wins a single game. Yeah. Yeah. 14 straight. We haven't even played 14 games yet this right. season. Yeah. Oh, boy. That's rough. Never question a Cubs fan's loyalty. Oh, no. No, absolutely not. They are a a peculiar bunch because (laughs) they are a a passionate fan base who have stuck with that team through thick and thin and 
have one world championship in a hundred years and consider themselves an elite franchise. Anyway, <laughs> uh, next fact comes to us from April 22nd, 1912. Similar to the looks of the pirates, the Yankee uniforms feature pinstripes for the very first time. The Bronx Bombers will abandon the fashion statement for the next two seasons, but return to the style for good in 1915 and change their color from black to navy blue. Huh. Well, there you go. Uh, yeah. I so guess I'd always just assumed that they they started out with the pinstripes. I, I figured that was a day one kind of thing. No, it actually wasn't. And so when I saw this, I actually uh, looked up what their original uniforms looked like. It was just a solid black top and black bottoms with a white patched N Y across the entire chest. So N on the right side, Y on the left side of the chest. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very interesting. But yeah, again, you know, you're talking about one of, if not potentially the most iconic uniform in all of sports, the home Yankees uniform, the, the pinstripes, everybody knows that, but it is funny that, it, this fact talks about how they basically took a look from the pirates at the time. But now if anybody puts on pinstripes for another team or whatever, it's always, Oh, you're copying the Yankees. So now if you want to be that guy, you can just say, no, actually they're copying the pirates. <laughs> if you just truly want to be that guy, the Pittsburgh disrespect. Marcelo nice. Zuna just took you Darvish to the moon, by the way. Yeah, he did. That's his, that's his what second home run of the series. Yeah, he's he's seeing the ball he's, real well right now. He, yeah, he's playing out of his mind right now. All right, our final fact comes to us from April twenty fourth, nineteen o two. Professional baseball gets its start in Durham, North Carolina, when the Tobacconist, renamed the Bulls in eleven years, play an exhibition game against Trinity College, now known as Duke University. Huh. So there the Durham go. Bulls were the first baseball organization? Professional? What? So what? the Durham Bulls were the first professional baseball organization? Professional baseball gets its start in Durham. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. yeah. First time there was professional baseball in Durham. That, that's ah, that's what it's our. Yeah, the Durham Bulls. Originally the Durham Tobacconists. I uh, love me some Durham Bulls. I'm sure I've mentioned them on the show before, but used to go and... Uh, and and do my youth camps at uh at Durham Athletic Park, the old one, which was really cool. The DAP. Yeah. The DAP. Man, Durham I gotta Bulls get back great. out there and see uh see the new ballpark they've got. It looks amazing. I can't, I can't believe you've never seen the DBAP. That just blows nope. my mind. Because I, I didn't like, even realize they had a new stadium until you pointed out that it was Durham Athletic Park and the new one's Durham Bulls Athletic Park. Yeah, yeah. So the DBAP is the only stadium I've ever really known for the Bulls. I never, I never went to a game at the Durham Athletic Park. Um, so yeah, very cool. I, I don't know that the Durham Bulls are such an interesting thing that I think a lot of people in this area almost like a lot of your average people who aren't you know as baseball obsessed as you or I or you know or our listeners might be maybe take the Durham Bulls for granted for what they actually are. I mean, you're you're talking about potentially the most prestigious minor league franchise there is. 
Yeah. You know, you're talking about a minor league franchise that I mean, it's hard to argue when you've had a, a major blockbuster movie made about your franchise. Yeah. And, and, you know, you're you've won multiple national championships at this point, especially recently. So you're staying, you know, very, you know, you're staying very modern with everything. You have one of the nicer ballparks you'll ever go to. You're an and, affiliate of the Rays, so you have lots of top draft picks. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think, you know, I think for a lot of people in this area, it's, oh, yeah, yeah, we went went to a Bulls game last Saturday night. And it's something that we all grew up doing. But there's just such a history there that's just, it's so great. Man, if if you're ever, if you are ever in the area, I highly recommend you go to a Durham Bulls game if you have the chance. It's just a tremendous night of baseball. Yeah, it's, you know, even though at the time that I lived there, the 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 Carolina Hurricanes didn't exist. Um, but even then, without having any major professional sports in the area, living in that part of North Carolina was really cool because you had, I mean, you, of course, had UNC, Duke, uh, NC State. You could go to see major college sports anytime. You had uh, you had the Durham Bulls right over there at the time. There was a minor league hockey team called the Raleigh Ice Caps. I don't know if they still exist. Uh, they but do not. They do not. Uh, we, but, well, we we do have we do have the Charlotte Checkers now, which are a minor league team, and they're they're one of the Hurricanes um, farm teams. Um, but yeah, no, the, the Ice Caps don't exist anymore. But yeah, say, saying all that to say that if you don't live in an area with uh, with major league sports. Get out and see the other ones, man. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I don't know how it is in, in other states, but I know here in North Carolina, especially in the central part of the state, the the Bulls are just, I don't know, they're just a part of, like, almost your everyday life. Like, when you turn on the news, um, like when you watch WRL in the afternoon to check out the weather, they'll show, all right, here's a shot from Durham Bulls Athletic Park, sunny, 72 degrees. So that, you know, it's just – it's part of it's part of everyday life here in, in in this part of the state. But you know what else is part of everyday life, Alex? What's that, Cam? Athletic greens, where at least it should be, because you see tons of people take a multivitamin, and it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of athletic greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole for whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients helps support gut health, the nervous system, immune system, energy recovery, focus, and aging. It's a lifestyle friendly, adapting to a wide range of diets, and it contains less than one gram of sugar. No GMOs, no chemicals, artificial anything. All natural. Plus, it costs less than $3 a day. It is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during cold and flu season. It's just one scoop of it's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you one free year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Chatting Average, of course, is also brought to you by ColorCast. 
Guys, I know you have had a great time on ColorCast, and we're going to keep the good times rolling every Wednesday night at 8.30. Looking forward to this coming Wednesday where I, your friendly neighborhood, Cam Matthews, will be on ColorCast at 8.30 p.m. Again, ColorCast is a live audio-only sports talk platform, free to download and to use. All you need to do is download the ColorCast app in the iOS app store, create a profile, link to your Twitter, and join me Wednesday nights, that's at HeyCam93. Be on the lookout on my Twitter account for the invitation for when my room goes live. Join me and bring your spiciest takes. Man, we had a blast on ColorCast this past week. We had all so of... So I heard. We had like all of the friends of the show show up. We had, it was it was me and Sam Nair from San Diego, of course, because we had the Padres series coming up. Uh, Tyler Knight was on there. Joe Seppi showed up and spent the whole hour with us. It was great. So yeah, it's a it's a lot of fun, and uh, and uh, come get some uh, some fun off the cuff uh, chatting average takes. Love it, guys. We're going to be right back to take a look at the last week for the Braves and preview what's coming up. All right, guys. I know you've missed hearing me say it. It's been an up and down week for the Atlanta Braves. There it is. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny because in the group chat about halfway through the week, I sent that jokingly to you about, that's been another up and down week for the Braves. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I wish I hadn't said that so much. Oh, just man, we a, said that so much. Just making an up week. or a, Remember when we went like 17 straight games, alternating wins and losses? <laughs> Yeah, that was a what a, what a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. Hey, we won the World Series that year. We did. Um, we did. It worked out just fine. So the week started off with a three-game set at home against the Washington Nationals to open up division play for the year. <sighs> it was a it was a tough go of it, guys. It, it did not go well. Uh, no. Had Oscar Inoa get the start. Was uh, was uh, interested to see what he would do in his first start of the season. Uh, became less interested as the game began because he only went three innings, allowing seven hits and five earned runs while only striking out four. He was relieved by Spencer Strider, who ate up a little bit more, went three and a third innings, uh, allowing only three hits and one earned run. So a decent outing for for Spencer. Uh, and then Spencer went at this point, you know, the game's packed away. Tucker Davidson gets mop up duty, does not have a great time, finishes out the last two and two thirds, but does allow five earned runs. Uh, a, t- a tough go for Tucker, but, but, you know, still good to see him out there getting work, um, especially piggybacking off of Strider. That was kind of fun. Uh, ultimately, the game ends 11 to two. <laughs> Not a ton to 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 really rave about here. Uh, um, some would say not great. Not great. Not great. Many people are saying it. <laughs> okay, well, we're, we're, uh, gonna stop. we're gonna stop doing that now. Well, we lost by nine runs in in game one, so uh, so you know we had to we had to get our run differential back, right? You know, you know, baseball, it's all about run differential. So we had to get nine runs back the next game. And boy, we went out of our way to do that. Ended up winning 16 to four on Austin Riley bobblehead night. It was also the major league debut of Bryce Elder. 
who was a revelation coming out into this game, went five and two-thirds innings, allowed three earned runs, struck out four, didn't walk anybody, and all in all just really looked in command on the mound. Respect your elder. Respect your elder. Teespring.com slash door slash chatting average podcast. I gotta say, I am... I am super proud of that design that I threw together in about 15 <laughs> minutes. It, it, it truly is the dumbest and quickest ones that do the best. <laughs> and yeah, I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, but yeah, it was a, it was a, a really fun game. If you were a Braves fan, uh, Marcelo Zuna came out and hit two home runs. Ozzy Albies hit a home run. Uh, D strange Gordon came in and pitched for the nationals. And that was a blast. Had, per, had, what I'm already calling as the moment of the year when oh my God. <laughs> Travis Darno was in the box against D strange Gordon D throws uh, something like a 52 mile an hour EFIS pitch that hits Darno in the shoulder and he pauses for a second and then collapses to the ground. Like he's just been sniped from left field. And it was just like that, that Travis Darno was called home. <laughs> it was it was one of the funniest moments I've seen in the middle of a baseball game. It was really, oh, it was, it, it was, was awesome. tremendous. Well, because at that point you were, you were in garbage yeah, time. At baseball. that point, I think it was like 14 to three. It was the seventh inning or something like that. Um, yeah, it, it, it does not matter. You know, it, like everybody had a good laugh, you know, both sides. So just tremendous content yeah but the I, I mean really the story of this game of course the offense put up 16 runs and you love to see that but you had Bryce Elder start the game looked great doing it Darren O'Day came in and threw four pitches and then Jackson Stevens also making his major league debut came in to throw the final three innings of the game so eight and two-thirds of the nine innings were thrown by guys making their major league debut. Pretty neat. Pretty, pretty neat. I, there's there's got to be a stat out there somewhere for that, right? Most combined innings by people making their major league debut. Oh, in a I'm, I'm game. certain uh, someone's made a debut and gone complete. Someone, at some point, that had to have happened. Doc Herbert, get on it. <laughs> I know he you knows know. that off the top of his head, I'm sure. Yes. Yes, or Dylan, somebody. All right, so uh, so Braves and Nationals were one and one entering the rubber match of the series on Wednesday. Josiah Gray takes the mound for the Nationals, and like I predicted last week, he was a problem. Oh, you mean we did not do well against someone making a debut? He was not making his debut. We saw him twice last year, I believe. I do not recall it. Okay. Bear in mind, I am blacked out from Nationals games, so I don't get to see them a whole lot. I get to uh, listen to them, but I do not get to see enough. them. Yeah, Josiah Gray is one of the pieces that came over in the uh, in in the Turner and Scherzer deal from uh, from oh, the yes. Dodgers. Uh, he was their top. My Lord, there. Spencer Strider. Okay, <laughs> um, okay. I, I know your feet is behind mine, so I'll, I'll wait till you see it. It, it is an O one pitch to Hosmer. Just wait. Oh, I'm Eric, not even on. on that batter yet. Carry on. Um, regardless, Josiah Gray, as predicted, is going to be a problem for us for a very long time. Uh, luckily, they still have other pitchers like Patrick Corbin, who uh, oh, will boy. make the Nationals overall less of a problem for us. 
Uh, Max Freed had a decent outing, but uh, just didn't 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 couldn't quite back him up with offense. He went five and a third innings, allowing two earned runs, striking out four, didn't walk anybody. So really can't ask a ton more of Max there. Uh, it was just a, a tough game because we gave up those two runs in the first inning, and then we were playing catch up the whole time. Final score ends up being three to one, and the Nationals take the first series from the Braves. I I I I wrote a tweet about it last week, but I, I refuse to get upset about any game we lose during Champions Week. Like it, there's just so much extra stuff going on around the games that first week, whether it be, you know, the handing out of like the silver slugger awards and all that, or, or the, the, the distribution of the championship rings or, or whatever they're doing on a given night. There was one day they had UGA there with their national championship trophy, but there was the whole first week, there was something, something different going on every night. And as we all know, baseball players are creatures of habit and we went ahead and disrupted their habits for every single game. So to make it out of that around 500, I, I don't think is something you can really be too upset with. I mean, okay. Can, can I, can I dive into some stats now or, or well, okay. So as of, as of April 14th, so uh, just before we started the series against the Padres to that point of the season coming off the national series, the Braves were third in hard hit percentage, third in fly ball percentage, first in walks, fourth in barrel percentage, and third in average exit velocity. We are squaring the ball up and getting on base at a really good rate, but I just don't think our luck has well. Shown and we, we're also we're also <laughs> pitching very well, and just having some bad luck with with the fielding. Uh, I think in terms of fielding independent pitching, the Braves were in the top four in all of baseball through the first week. So you know the we're we're hitting the snot out of the ball. We're pitching well. The defense needs to come around a little bit, and the pit the hitting needs to get a little bit more timely. But all the pieces are there. And yeah, it, it, it's all there. And then there's an even bigger piece coming. There's an even bigger piece coming. As we sit here, you're going to be listening to this show on Monday. Monday, April 18th. On Tuesday, April 19th, Ronald Acuna Jr. will begin his minor league rehab assignment with Triple A Gwinnett down in Jacksonville. Oh, Lord, he coming. So, let me tell you. You put, you put Ronald Acuna now into this lineup. Oh, boy. You put Ronald Acuna into the lineup. That also means you get to subtract an Alex Dickerson or an Orlando Arcia from the lineup. Okay, um, can, I say, can I say something about Alex Dickerson, though? He's hitting the snot out of the ball. Oh, it's he, just, he is, it's he just is hitting somebody's almost... glove every single time. He is, I, I legit feel bad for the guy. He has one hit, I think, on the season, but he has hit the ball on the screws I don't know how many times. Yeah. Yeah, I think his hard hit percentage was, like, off the charts, but he was batting, like, 080. <laughs> Just terrible look. <laughs> but, yeah, you... You replace you, a bat like that in your lineup <clears throat> with a Ronald Acuna Jr. 
my lord. And you're doing pretty well because you know, you just know Ronald is going to come out of the gate going absolutely insane. It is the Ronald Acuna revenge tour because he didn't get to be out there with that World Series team. So he's going to do everything he can to get him another one. Let me and think about it this way. You know, here, here in two, three weeks, the lineup that we're potentially going to be looking at is, okay, leading off, here comes Ronald. Something that, you know, we've gotten used to the past couple of seasons seeing Ronald bat leadoff. All right, let me try to work around. Well, well crap, I can't really work around Ronald because Matt Olson's standing over there on deck. Well, I can't really work around Matt Olson because Austin Riley's just behind him. Well, oh, I you mean Marcelo really... Zuna is right <laughs> behind Riley? Oh. Oh, and then I got Albies and Duvall? Oh, and then Travis Darnode, who can turn into Johnny Bench with a flip of a switch. Yeah. So, uh, and then depending on what point it is in the season, let let me let me just say this: I know that he is off to a terrible start this year, but no one should be surprised about Dansby Swanson at this point. I feel like I don't. We, I don't think anyone's surprised about Dansby <laughs> Swanson at this point. So there's 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 okay. You know what? You know what the worst thing for Dansby Swanson is. What's that? The fact that he is Dansby Swanson. You know, if he was, if he was, you know, you know, John Doe drafted in the fifth round in you know in twenty fourteen, who happened to be our nine hole Gold Glove shortstop hitter. No one would really bat an eye at him batting, you know, 120 on the season so far. And that actually might be a little generous to this point. Mm -hmm. But it's the fact that he's Dansby Swanson, the number one overall pick a few years ago, the big trade from Arizona, yada, 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 that I think holds – it's who he is, not what he is. Right. I get that. Yeah. So I think, like – I think the sooner that we accept that Dansby Swanson is a plus average defender who slots in really well as an eight or nine hole hitter who can go on hot streaks and still put up 20 plus home runs a season. I think that's okay. It's okay. Yeah. For it's now. Fine. Yeah, it's fine. Can't so, wait for us so to sign Carlos Correa next year. Right. I was just going to say, put, put your, put, put, look into your crystal ball and tell me who plays for uh shortstop for the Braves in 2023. Um, Not Dansby. I, I, if I had, I, I don't know who it is, but I'm not too convinced that we bring him back next season. I don't think we do because not only is the car <laughs> Carlos Correa option out there, the Trey Turner options out there. Let me tell you something. Ooh, I have. Let, let, me, let me tell you. Let me tell you. We know firsthand no how no, well Trey Turner can hit in Atlanta. No one has disliked Trey Turner possibly more than me. <laughs> and as much as it pains me to say that I would potentially pull for a member of the Wolf Pack. I would give my there is left a sol- arm to have him on our team. I would be very excited to have Trey Turner on my team. Oh my I, I will just God. say, um, it's 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 the same thing with freaking Bryce Harper. Like if he had signed with the Braves when he was a free agent, every Braves fan would have freaking loved him. 
But he didn't, you... so he's the... Well, okay. Have you have you turned the corner on Bryce Harper at all? Um, I mean, it's it's fun to like play hate. Okay, Bryce okay, yeah. I don't yes. actually like have an issue with him personally. Right. Okay. So I think I think I've reached the point with him where I I, I agree. Like it's fun to <laughs> Bruce Hooper. You know, I think it's it's fun to joke around about that just because he plays for you know one of our biggest rivals. But I think. I've said it a thousand times, especially when I talk about someone like a Roger Clemens. Someone has to play the villain. And he he can play it so incredibly well. Although I will say, he has really toned down the last couple of seasons. He has, yes. Like, he is, you know, he, he has definitely seemed to have matured the past couple of seasons. Um, and you think back to his MVP season last year, you know, especially after getting nearly hit in the eye at one point last season while in an at-bat. Like, he, I think he's really come a long way. But again, I think it's fun to play him as the villain. I don't, I, yeah, I, I mean, no, every, I have no ill will against that guy. Sports is more fun when you have a villain. When you have someone that you can direct all of your your angst and frustration towards. And, you know, for a while for Braves fans, that was Jose Urania down with the Marlins. Uh, Bryce Harper has been that for years. It's just, it's, you need an outlet for, for the, the frustration you get from watching a team 162 games in a regular season and having a villain on another team, especially in your division is a great outlet for that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, we digress, but let's get into the Padres series. Oh boy, the first game of the Padres series sure did look a whole lot like the first game of the National Series, didn't it, Cam? Um, I turned it after the fourth inning. Oh, that's yeah, that's uh that's a good call. Uh yeah, Joe yeah. Joe Musgrove came out and absolutely had his way with the Braves. Pitched six and two thirds, allowing no earned runs, didn't walk a soul, and struck out six. Meanwhile, Charlie Morton had a pretty rough outing. He went five innings. Actually, an admirable effort to get through five innings, despite yeah. allowing five earned runs and walking three batters. Did strike out five, but um, you know, after after the second inning, it just became damage control and and saving your bullpen. So he allowed those five runs in the first two innings. For him to get through five was was yeoman's work. That was that was fantastic to to help oh. the bullpen out. After after the first inning, I was convinced that he w- we would maybe get three out of him because he was he was pushing thirty pitches in the first inning, yep. if not more. Yeah, threw ninety five pitches in five innings. Good lord, that was a rough one. Uh, and then was followed up by Sean Newcomb, who still has a lot of question marks around him. We all know he's only on the roster because he's out of options at this point. He went he went uh, one inning. Allowed three hits and two earned runs, struck out one. Uh, Will Smith came in and had a uh, had a clean one hit inning, uh, and then Tyler Thornburg comes in and allows another run in the uh, in the ninth, or, or sorry, in the eighth to uh, to make it a twelve to one win for the San Diego Padres. Yeah, not great. Um, going back to Newcomb, uh, I don't. His, I, I, I gotta feel like his days are numbered. Yeah, I, 
I I don't know if he makes it to the All-Star break. I I really don't. Honestly, I think unless barring injury and a roster spot opening up from that, the next time a pitcher gets hot down in Gwinnett, I think Sean Newcomb's gone. Man, losing that no-hitter really did some damage to him. That that he, was it. That was he, it, wasn't it? He he is he has never been the same since that happened. Oh, you're you're right. Oh God, which I hate because I was just just broke he, him. Well, and, and you know he was one of those like he was one of those first you know really exciting pitching prospects to kind of him and Luis Gohara. Remember oh yeah. Oh yeah. man, Luis Gohara was going to be everything. Oh, Luis Gohara was the next CC Sabathia. Absolutely. Like I, you know, those two guys, I was super excited for, but man. Yeah, I'm just I'm not so sure that Newcomb <laughs> is uh, is going to be a brave by the All Star break at this point. Yeah, I'd be I'd be shocked if he was, and pleasantly so because you know if he is, probably means he's done something right. And the bad thing is, like there have been glimmers here and there, like especially coming out of the pen as a long relief guy. And, I don't know because there, there's been a couple of instances where it's like, okay, maybe Nuke out of the pen will work. Real. And then there's times where he comes out and can't find the zone and walks guys and gives up base hits. And I don't know. Well, we we move on to the uh, to the Friday game against the Padres. And it's a very interesting pitching matchup. You know, if you'd if you'd told us last year we were going to be seeing a Kyle Wright versus Mackenzie Gore pitching matchup, I'm sure most Braves fans could have taken it or left it. But right. those kids went out and put on a show. Kyle Wright had the absolute best game of his life. Uh, scattered five hits across five runs, did allow two earned, but struck out nine, setting a new career high. Uh, his his ERA for the season after a couple of starts is 1.64. Mackenzie Gore, meanwhile, was coming in and just blowing people away. He was he was hitting triple digits left and right, and and apparently his changeup is is his feature pitch, but he didn't feature it in his debut. So he was he's he's even he's playing his cards close to the chest in it in his major league debut, which is kind of interesting to see. You uh you can't give him the entire razzle dazzle the first time out. Well, I, I would I mean I just assume that that most most guys who are debuting would because you're so desperate at that point to make an impression at the major league level that like why not empty the tank in that first outing. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, full disclosure: I was asleep before this game even started. You you missed a dandy. This was a fun one. It was. Uh, it oh, don't was... don't get me wrong. When I rolled over around two a.m. or so, uh, I, I checked my phone real quick and saw that we won, and I was like, "Oh, neat!" And then went promptly went back to sleep. <laughs> so isn't yeah, that it was... the best? It like, really is. Like when you know you can't. Um, can't stay up for a game, especially, you know, like the West Coast games or whatever. You wake up during the middle of the night and you just glance at your phone and you're like, oh, cool, we won. Awesome. Oh, yeah, with this Dodgers series coming up, I'm, I'm looking forward to falling asleep somewhere around the second or third inning and then waking up in the ninth, seeing the score, and then going to bed. Oh, yeah, game one's like at 10 o'clock, isn't it? Yep, one of those fantastic <laughs> 10, 10 p.m. West Coast starts. Nope, not happening. The starters will still be in when the clock strikes midnight. 
Oh, God. <laughs> but yeah, the Braves do manage to tack on three runs in the eighth to win by a final of five to two. The game was knotted up at two going into the eighth inning. So a, a really fun game. Uh, AJ Minter, Darren O'Day, Tyler Matzik, and Kenley Jansen combined for four innings pitched, allowed one hit, and struck out seven. That is, those are some numbers you really like to see out of this bullpen. For sure, buddy. All right, so we uh, we split the first two games of the series, and we get to the third on Saturday with Ian Anderson taking the mound against Nick Martinez for uh, for the Padres. Um, Ian Anderson kind of had some question marks on him after his first outing. He didn't look that great. Had a great game, bounced back really well, went five and two thirds, allowed one earned run, struck out seven and only walked one, which was good to see after he had walked five in his first outing of the season. Yeah, so uh, I actually did get to take in most of the, actually took in every pitch of this game listening uh, to the radio feed and Ian, I don't know. He just he seemed like a much more confident, aggressive pitcher than he did in his first start, and, and it worked out really well. Um, one interesting note out of that game, uh, and that range true at coming into this game here tonight, the Braves now have 13 home runs on the season, 12 of which have been solo shots. Uh... <laughs> so Just if get on base guys well get on base or let, let's when folks do get on base let's drive them in something Wait. anyway but yeah a great effort from ian anderson colin McHugh, will smith kenley jansen combined to throw three and a third allowing only two hits and one armed run and striking out four so there's that bullpen again doing what we expected to do Really love seeing it. Had uh, had home runs from Marcelo Zuna, Matt Olson, Ozzy Albies. Had uh, doubles from Duvall and two from Dansby Swanson, which was certainly refreshing to see for Braves fans. Yeah, there it is. So, uh, so Braves managed to take the third game of the series, take a two to one series lead going into the Sunday night baseball game that we're currently watching. So, at the very worst. The Braves will escape San Diego with a split, if not winning the series going into uh, going into L.A., which is really nice to see because uh, I, I didn't feel great about this West Coast road trip going into it. But, you know, being able to take two from San Diego, if not three tonight, is uh, is a great thing for us. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And again, you know, worst case after this game here tonight, we go into Monday at six and five. And I, I don't know. I just, I cannot make myself get worried at yeah, all I mean, about I, this team yet. It, it is so early. We, we've all kind of learned our lesson about baseball from last year. Like just hover around 500. If, if you're, if you're around 500 at the all-star break, what, what are you worried about? You, you got plenty of time. Well, exactly. And I think, you know, I think the biggest thing, too, and, and Snit has reemphasized this if you've watched the Behind the Brave series on YouTube, goal one, as always, is win the division. You have to win the division. So, you know, I think, you like, like you said, you, you tread water to a point, 
until around the All Star break. But I, I really I mean, do we're think not, that- we're not competing. Like we're playing games against the Dodgers in the regular season. Make no mistake, we are not competing against the Los Angeles Dollar Dodgers in the regular season. Right, right, right. Exactly. And so I think, I think too, once Ronnie hits this lineup, I really do think this team is going to click into, into a groove because right now it, it certainly has to feel like, I don't want to say you're standing pat until Ronnie is in, is in the, in the lineup, but Just keep the ship afloat. That's it. That's it. You know, uh, because you know you're not in your quote unquote final form yet for for this season. Oh, so, absolutely not. Yeah, it, it, it's fine. So as we sit here talking to you, the uh, the the fourth game of the Braves Padres series is currently in the bottom of the eighth inning with the Padres leading two to one. Um, so we will update you on that before we get done recording, provided the game has ended. But let's go ahead and take a look ahead to the week coming up. We are facing the Los Angeles Dodgers. And you all know what that means. It's going to be the first time that we are going to see Kenley Jansen pitching against the Dodgers. Man, who who would have ever thought? Yeah. Yeah, and and I really can't think of anything else notable in that series. Oh, oh, it is also the first time that the Dodgers and Braves have met since the NLCS last year. Ooh, yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very. So that'll be fun. Very cool. Yep. Yep. (laughs) But like uh, like we talked about, unfortunately, we got to deal with back to back ten ten p.m. Eastern Standard Daylight Time starts on Monday and Tuesday against the Dodgers for the first well, game of the I'm gonna series. I'm going to go ahead and tell y'all, I'm not going to have a lot of insight <laughs> to these first two games ne- on next week's episode. There is I, no I will, way. I will sacrifice sleep so you guys can be well-informed. Thank you, sir. <laughs> uh, so for the first game of the matchup, we've got Waskari Noah, who got an extra day of rest. He was supposed to start for the Sunday game, but Bryce Elder got that start instead. So I know Inoa will get... An extra day of rest to go up against Clayton Kershaw, making his season debut for the Dodgers at home. Well, his home debut for the Dodgers, I should say. Tuesday, we've got Max Fried on the hill. It's a TBS game going up against Walker Bueller, so that'll be a fun pitching matchup. On Wednesday, we've got an earlier start time at 3.10 p.m. with Charlie Morton taking on Tony Gonsolin. From there, we come back home for a three-game set Friday, Saturday, Sunday against the Marlins. Got Kyle Wright going up against Trevor Rogers, Ian Anderson going against Alicia Hernandez, and Bryce Elder getting another start facing Jesus Luzardo in the Sunday game. So yeah, I think you you if you can if you can get this one tonight from the Padres, go three and one for that series, snag one from the Dodgers. I yeah. think you're very, very happy coming home for that Miami series. I agree. I agree. Like I, I, I was just about to say, just take one in LA. Yeah. Um, I, I, I really think that that's that's what you go for again because you're early enough in the season. Take one, go back home, look to take two out of three from Miami, and you know, and you're good. Yep, that's all you got to do. That's it. That's just all you got to do. That simple. But, but you got to do one other thing for me, guys. One thing, 
Go to sportsdrink.org or open up Instagram and type in sportsdrink. That's at S-P-R-T-S-D-R-N-K, sportsdrink without the vowels. Because sportsdrink brings you this show every single week. It is your digital water cooler. It's a newly created internet community that tries to find the internet intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. Rising Tide lifts all boats, so go check them out. All we ask, Cam. Nope. Close the door behind you. We do not want to let the funk out. I got you, man. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Chatting Average Podcast. For Cam Matthews, my name's Alex. We will see y'all next week for another brand new episode. Bye. Hey, you hear that? The sound of a winning crowd. Go Padres. Sam, you suck. This has been the Chatting Average Podcast, brought to you by Sports Drink. Be sure to check out our merchandise store at teespring.com slash stores slash chatting average podcast. And please consider becoming a patron of our show at patreon.com slash chatting average. We'll see you next week for another brand new episode. <laughs> <laughs>